game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Leon Dreisaitl, it's over to the right. Slows down, shoots, saved by Hart, and the Flyers are going to win this one. is the Trump suit tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers. Carter Hart outstanding in net, outdueling Stuart Skinner of your Edmonton Oilers. The Flyers take it 2-1 in a shootout. So the Oilers now 8-0-2 in their last 10. It's been a month since they've lost in regulation. Their record for the season now 29-18-5. It's 7:58 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Thanks a lot for joining us. Well, Rob, I think we got to start with the two goaltenders tonight. Uh, I mean, Skinner stops 35, Hart stops 34. That's during regulation and overtime. The shot's actually pretty even, even though, you know, Skinner seemed uh, busier for most of the game. But both goaltenders really were outstanding in this game. Uh, they were. Uh, this was probably not a 1-1 hockey game through 65 minutes. Uh, with the number of grade-A scoring chances there were. Uh, uh, both teams uh, gave up chances. Both teams had some great opportunities. I thought the Oilers were sloppy at times, which created more scoring chances against than they have given up in, in a while. But every time there was a big mistake by Philadelphia or by Edmonton, Hart or Skinner made a big save, and none bigger than Skinner with 35 seconds to go in the game. Wide open shot from the slot. He dives, lunges towards the shooter, gets his blocker on it. And that way, the Oilers were able to save a point in a game where they were probably the second best team. Well, they were, no doubt about that. And, th and that's saved by Skinner. And, and here's the thing. Obviously, it's the, the, the quantity of the saves. You want to try to stop all of them. But sometimes it's when they happen is too. If Skinner's beaten there with 46 seconds left by Cates. Incredibly I, I mean, it's over. Yep. The others are, are, I mean, you probably got a less than 1% chance of, of tying it with the goalie pulled. So it would have been two points and nothing. And then to me, I look back on Cart, on Hart, some of the saves he, he made. Kane scores early in the second period. Yep. Probably a goal Hart would, would like back, especially given how well he played. Ten seconds later, phenomenal save on Kane. McDavid passes across to him. We we both were thinking that's a goal, and Hart gets across and makes the save with the with the right pad. And if you think about that going in, the Flyers had been the better team. That's 22 minutes into the game. They could have been down 2-1 and sitting there on the bench thinking, seriously, like yep. we're the better team, and now we're behind. Stops Hyman on a breakaway uh, later on in that second period, which was probably the Oilers' best period overall, except for a couple pushes in in the third. So I, I and both these kids are, are local. I guess I shouldn't call them kids anymore. They're <laughs> men. But when I first met kids them, they, they, they were still teenagers. But uh, but both they just really shone tonight. And uh, I don't disappoint it for Oilers fans that they got to settle for the single point. But just seeing these two local guys excel tonight was pretty cool. Well, and you didn't even mention the the save that Hart made off of Connor McDavid, off of the offensive faceoff where McDavid went forward. Uh, a wonderful save there. But yeah, the, the one that you talked about, Kane, we've seen this many times with the Oilers this year where they're the second best team, but because of their offensive prowess and the, the high skill that they have, they get one chance, they score, and then they score right away. 
and all of a sudden the deflate on the other team's bench is huge and, and they can't recover for it and, and I agree when you're a Philadelphia team that nothing seems to have gone right this year between injuries uh, losing a lot of close games you're playing as good as you possibly can you give up a goal that uh, Harp usually saves and if Kane scores seconds after that Okay, that, I, I agree, that's probably the end of the game for the Philadelphia Flyers, but Hart made an incredible save. To me, that's that's Kane's bread and butter. That was the better of the two opportunities. That's the one that if you would have said, okay, here, if you show them the big jumbotron, we're going to show you two Kane op opportunities, which one finishes in a goal, you're going to say the second one. Uh, huge save by Hart, and after that it was, I mean, which goaltender was going to blink first, and neither did until you got into the skills contest. McDavid had that hard wrist shot in overtime as Whoa. well. Yeah, hard I mean, stopped it. We didn't even talk off. about that. Yeah. That might have been that might have been the best scoring chance of the game. That's Connor McDavid with speed. Worry loves it most. And I don't know if people realize how hard, like velocity-wise, like that that shot there is harder than a slap shot by most most players in the National Hockey League from 15 feet out. And if you remember when Wayne Gretzky used to come in, he used to go across the ice. He used to go right to left, and he would always take wrist shots or slap shots going back the other way, get the goalie moving one way. Connor McDavid did the same thing there, a lot faster, and the shot was a lot harder, and Hart made an outstanding save on that. And they're just showing replays right now at the very end of the game, in overtime. Uh, McDavid, with 10 seconds, took the puck out to center ice on three and three, and we're like, oh, he just wasted their last chance. Oh, no, he's still going to get another chance because he's so fast. So Hart was outstanding in this hockey game, and uh, both goaltenders, I mean, if you could split first star, if it was the old brute pack for the first star, one guy would get the deodorant, one guy would get the hairspray because both of them were excellent in this hockey game. And Provorov had a really good chance in overtime too that Skinner stopped. Uh, the shots were 5-3 for the Oilers in overtime. You, you, often, you don't often get to eight total shots <laughs> in an overtime in three-on-three, three, that's for sure. You're, you are going to have... Um, now, the, th the three stars were picked by SB Nation for this game. I'm going off the official NHL game sheet. Okay, I don't know what SB Nation is. Uh, I can't remember what it stands for. Here's the three stars on this sh on the sheet. Okay. Kevin Hayes, third star. Mm-hmm. Hart, second star. Mm-hmm. Van Riemsdyk, first star. Okay, I, I have a disagreement on two of the three. <laughs> to me, I mean, Skinner and Hart were one, two, and you could flip a coin to see which one was better. Uh, Skinner was the better of the two because he was a busier. Hart was the one that won the game, so you could have given him first star. And then, to me, there was a number of young players on the Philadelphia Flyers that would have been the other star in my books because there were some young kids that had fantastic games, as well as Provorov, who had a wonderful game. He's, he's, well, he saved a goal. He saved a goal, and he beat McLeod to the net in overtime and had probably Philadelphia's best chance in overtime and another great save by Skinner. Well, going off the game, which is what we do it, because sometimes, you know, Sportsnet has stars, Bob has his own stars. So we just <laughs> usually say, okay, we're going to give the fourth star based off the three stars on the game sheet. So it's pretty easy for us to give Skinner yes. the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The Flyers beat the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout tonight. Inter I mean, the, the, the saving grace of three-on-three -three overtime, because it was a bit of a, a disjointed game at, at times through the, the first, uh, through the 60 minutes of primarily five-on-five -five play. And the, the Oilers were not great. I, I, I use the word spark after one of the periods, maybe in intensity, something like that. They, they just didn't have the usual sort of juice that we've seen 
recently I didn't think and to be okay some nights the offensive execution is off or you can't finish or you're playing an excellent goalie they just didn't seem as engaged in puck battles as physical as they've been I think that's a good word uh, engaged I, I don't think they were uh, I think they were missing the uh, emotion element of the game tonight. They had a very emotional game in Detroit the other night, which is surprising. You're playing against a team near the bottom of the standings. Not a whole lot to play for yet. It was physical. It was nasty. It was mouthy. There was, after every scrum, or after every whistle, there was a scrum. Tonight was the exact opposite. There was zero. Uh, there was very little physicality in the game. I don't know what the hits were, but it wasn't. There was no bone-crushing hits in this game. There was no face washes there's no talking after the whistle i mean the detroit or excuse me the philadelphia flyers had zero penalties in the game and that plays into the the flyers game plan it was a quiet game they kept the emotion out of the game for the Oilers, and we've seen where the Oilers, when their star players get a little angry they get a little bit better and in this game uh, i think that the oilers star players were quiet and that usually helps the opposition and tonight it certainly helped the Flyers. McDavid did assist on Kane's goal. Kane had six shots on goal, by the way. So McDavid's point streak goes to 14 games. McDavid had five shots on goal himself as well. 36-35 were the shots in favor of Philadelphia. They win 2-1 in a shootout. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. It's head coach Jay Woodcroft. You know, up for grabs and and contested hard. So I, I thought it was a, a hard uh, game for both teams. And in the end, we uh, didn't come away with the extra point in the skills contest. Stu definitely looked like he had a fantastic performance for you guys. Kept you guys in it. What did you think of him tonight? I thought both goalies were good. Yeah, I mean, I thought both teams had really good chances. And uh, you know, Stu made uh, every save that we needed him to make there. Uh, you know, even the first one, it goes off a stick and and uh, gets up over his shoulder, but. I mean, he was he was great and um, really competitive, and you know, credit to their team and their goalie as well because they were they played a hard game and their goalie played well too. I know it's a shootout loss, but points in ten straight games just how big of a building block is that for you guys? Kind of going into these last thirty-one. Yeah, I think I think it's important. I thought uh, there's some positives to be taken out of that game. I thought our penalty kill was good again. I thought our goalie um, gave us a chance to win. I think anytime you hold a team to one goal, um, that's a real positive. Positive. Uh, you know, they got the extra one in, in the uh, shootout. But, uh, you know, the, the better we can play defensively, I think the more um, more chances we'll have to win. Uh, to come into a tough building versus a team that plays hard uh, and get a point, I think that's a positive for our team. Jay, uh, yeah. looking for any kind of a fine for you, but the disallowed goal, were you kind of not sure, or did you have a feeling on, on how it might go? Yeah, I think the goal was called goal on the ice, and, um, you know, I was confident that it would be a goal. I thought, in my opinion, um, you know, the puck's on Fogel's tape as he's making a scoring play or a hockey play through the crease. Um, I see player 74's uh, stick come through and, and touch their own goalie kind of fogles right knee um bends bends that stick and affects thing I, I think he has the right to go into that scoring area that call didn't go our way um when it gets to that point i think it's beyond anyone's control um you know but we got we had a really good shift the next shift and and we were there to play hockey and like like i said uh, sometimes you get those calls sometimes you don't um i thought it was a goal but 
you know, I'm not the one that makes that decision. Um, and in the end, uh, I thought we played uh, played hard the rest of the game. On another positive note, Evander scored in his third consecutive game. How good is that to see, especially coming back off the injury that he had? Yeah, I thought Evander, um, along with Skins, uh, you know, were our two best players tonight. I thought they were uh, uh, both of them ultra competitive. Um, you know, I thought uh, Evander was physical. He shot the puck. Uh, he's, he's playing the game the right way. He's getting up to up to speed. And I think this is only his um, fifth game, maybe, since coming back. Um, and uh, for someone to come back from that injury, we anticipated it's going to take him a little while to get up and running. Um, but I thought he played a uh, whale of a game, and the better he can play, the, the more dangerous of a team we are. Good. Thanks, Thanks, Coach. All right, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 2-1 shootout loss to the Oilers, who now on the road are 16-7-2. Zach Hyman put the puck in the net. I won't say scored because it didn't count with 12.36 left in the third period. The Flyers challenged for goalie interference. It got taken off the board. That is Hyman's fifth disallowed goal this season. He's had 26. So like a fifth of the time he's put the puck in the net almost. It's It's been a disallowed goal. I think that's the right call. I mean, I realize Woody's obviously going to advocate for his own team yeah. and his own players, but Rule 69.3, if an attacking player initiates contact with a goalkeeper, incidental or otherwise, while the goalkeeper is in his goal crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. There are exceptions to that. I mean, you can't obviously push a offensive player into your goalie and then be like, oh, goalie interferes. But I, I thought that was the right call. Uh, to me, uh, of all the ones that we've seen this year, I thought that was the easiest call. Uh, there's been some other ones this year I've disagreed with or was confused afterwards, but I, I I thought that I was surprised it took as long as it did for them to make the call. I know that both Bob and Mooner they were surprised too. They thought it was a very quick no goal. I thought it was the right call. Um, it was obvious Fogel uh, took Hart with him across and it didn't allow Hart to get back. To me, it was an easy call. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it's almost every time Hyman scores, you look back to see, was there interference? Because the poor guy is just, like, he, he's had a 30-goal season already with the five goals that have been disallowed. But to me, yeah, I thought that was, uh, you and I were both in here. We both said no goal. We both said no goal very quickly. And we're kind of stunned that it took as long as it did. Well, and I know there was some talk uh, on TV as well. You know, was Fogel pushed in a little bit? Is is Hart moving in that direction anyway? I I don't know. I, I just think I don't enough, think it matters. He got a big enough yeah. chunk. He got a big enough yeah. chunk of, of of Hart, and and as we've talked about before, because we've we've had a few of these to talk about, not just this season, but <laughs> over yeah. the last decade, that you, you may be able to argue, oh well, Hart wasn't going to stop it anyway because the puck's eight inches from the goal. It doesn't matter. No. What, what what we learned, if, I can't remember which game it was. That even if the even if the puck is already behind the goalie and going and going in, if he's interfered with while in his crease, they they can wave it off. So yeah. I, I I don't think there was any technicality that could have got that to stand for the Oilers but uh, so and, but that's the first Hyman disallowed goal nope. that he hasn't been because he's either either had kicked in or goalie interference himself that's the first one he scored that someone else committed the infraction the first time he can get mad at a teammate for crossing right. himself a goal yes. yeah but uh, yeah it didn't count I, I think that was the right call Flyers win 2-1 in a shootout Woodcroft mentioned the Oilers PK which has been outstanding I mean well over 90% now since Christmas and specifically the last two games i think it'd be over 95 now um 
but two things happen on a when there's a penalty. One team's killing it. The other team's trying to score on it. And Philly's power play, 15.8% coming into this game. In tonight's game, both teams were killing the Flyers' power play because uh, the Oilers half the time didn't have to do anything because the Flyers just made bad passes or bad decisions, couldn't get the puck in. I mean, give credit to the Oilers for being in the right spots. But that was the Philadelphia Flyers got two points tonight despite their power play unit being as poor as it was because it was a terrible, terrible attempt. And the good thing is the Oilers put, or excuse me, the referees put their whistles away for Philadelphia because you don't want to get into a power play penalty kill situation and going up against the Oilers. Flyers were very disciplined, but that is a bad power play. I'm shocked that they still have scored 15% of the time the way they played it tonight. Well, they only had two shots on goal on three power plays, and the Oilers had two shorthanded shots. And a couple others that were close where the puck was just bouncing in the right direction for Connor or Kane to get on a, uh, on their horse and get a breakaway or a two-on-one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Flyers, uh, bad bad power play, but good good on the Oilers penalty killing. It was much talked about. I mean, you know how bad the Oilers penalty killing was when they're still in the 70s. Still in the mid-70s. After being 95% over the last 10 games. That's how bad the Oilers were penalty killing earlier in the season. Flyers take it 2-1 in a shootout. You can get us on the Certainty Hotline 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. We will welcome goalie Greg to the show, who I always enjoy talking to. Double G, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. I wish you guys accepted uh, pictures through text because uh, <clears throat> I slowed down that um, that um, goal interference or the Hyman goal or whatever, um, and you can clearly see the defenseman stick in the pad of the goalie first. His stick was there too, but also Hyman, or excuse me, Fogel still hit him. You can email yeah. it to InsideSports at 630Ched.com. Fogel okay, still, uh, his body still hit the goaltender, so whether the stick was there or not, Fogel's body, and I'm sure that's what they were looking at for so yeah. long. I, I would think if Skinner or Campbell in a game kind of got turned away from the puck like that, I would think Oilers fans would want it waved off. Yes. Okay, what do you guys think then about this, though? With all the goals that uh, have been waved off for Hyman, if uh, you think he'd be in the Rock of Richard race or no? Well, he'd well, have he's five still, more goals. He'd have 31 he, goals. He'd still be 10 behind Connor. <laughs> so, no, so, I don't yeah. I don't think he would be in the rocket, Richard. He, he's not going to catch Connor McDavid. But he would, I mean, he'd have a really good chance at 40 goals if those weren't obviously waved off. Yeah. All right, Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Flyers. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls, and you'll hear from Stuart Skinner as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Played him behind the Edmonton net. It comes in front. Here's Kate Shot. Skinner got a pace, and the puck goes in behind the net. What a chance for Kate to give the Flyers a late lead. Oh. Stuart Skinner, his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner outstanding tonight as the Oilers fall 2-1 in a shootout to the Flyers. Here he is. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, I thought we uh, definitely did enough to win that. Um, fell short in the shootout. Uh, I mean, it's 
tough to win a shootout when I'm letting in two, so um, something for me to work on. How did you kind of see that one unfold for yourself, just, you know, seeing the score 1-1 through that point, you know, just how do you think you performed, yeah, considering how the game unfolded? Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, I thought as a whole team, I thought, you know, keeping it at 1-1, and but especially we put on a lot of pressure last 10 minutes of the third period, so uh, we did a heck of a job. Doc made a huge block at the end. Um, you know, they made a nice nice play into the slot, and he made a huge block, and, um, you know, we just we tried as a group to do everything we could to, you know, win the game. What was the experience like playing against Carter Hart, a guy who you would have seen him back in your minor hockey league days? Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was good to, obviously, he's a fantastic goalie and um, been able to work uh, work with him a bit and be uh, become good friends. So it's always fun playing against somebody, but uh, kind of pisses me off he beat me. <laughs> Thanks. All right, that's Stuart Skidder. <laughs> well, hey. Goalies, they never interact, but they still sometimes feel like they're going... Well, they rarely interact. Talbot and Smith <laughs> might have a different story. But, but yeah, you're, you're going head-to-head -head against uh, the other guy, and they've seen each other for a while. Well, there's always friendly rivalries, and, and you want to one-up your buddy, and you want to one-up someone that you've grown up with and, and have known for a long time, and uh, they match save for save. Uh, again, if you're an Oiler fan, the one thing that you're pretty excited about right now is... Uh, the big off-season acquisition, Campbell, has won his last eight starts and has been excellent. And Skinner, who just got back from the All-Star game, uh, his first game back was incredible. I mean, he's the only reason the Oilers got that ex extra point. So the Oilers got two goaltenders right now that are on top of their game. That bodes well as you go into the final 30 games of the season. Fill the net for James H. Brown and Associates. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $100 donation tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. It was Kane for McDavid and Yanmark. I set the line at one and a half total points for Fogel, Costin, and McLeod for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it, so they didn't get any. So the under wins. That means Don gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Alex standing by. Hello, Alex. Go ahead, please. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, Alex. Good. Yeah, just uh, I get a kick out of Jay Woodcroft's uh, post-game interviews all the time. Like He's forever the optimist. I wonder what he's going to be like in year three. <laughs> Um, I got a comment, though, and maybe a question for Rob. Uh, Drysaddle, um, you know, I, I love this guy. When he is on, like, he is definitely, in my books, the second-best player in the league. And But uh, for the last little while, and even before the All-Star break, is, uh, is he playing injured or something? I mean, he never seems like the happiest dude at the best of times, but, <laughs> like, his body language and everything, and I don't know, and... Uh, and anyway, that's my comment. I have a question in relation to that, Rob. When you played, mm -hmm. and yourself and other players that are high-end players, and they were maybe injured or in a bit of a funk, I mean, it, sometimes it takes maybe a couple of games, but is there a tonic for that? Do you have a teammate that comes and slaps you in the butt with the stick, or does the coach get on you? Or, and I'll leave it at that, and I'm looking forward to, uh, maybe I, you can answer that question for me, and I'll leave one more thing. I'm looking forward to them to... Uh, playing Ottawa and Montreal and get back on Canadian ice across the border. Okay. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those two games as well. Uh, I, I do believe that Leon, the, the last two games, hasn't been as good as Leon usually is. I, I think he has uh, 
I mean, normally, and I, I agree, normally Leon's the second best player in the world and is having an incredible season. But the last two games have been subpar for Leon Dreisettle. I have no idea if he's injured. Um, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm not privy to that kind of knowledge, but I do know that the last 60 minutes or 65 minutes of hockey that he's played have not been as good as Leon Dreisettle's capable of playing. Why, I don't know. But I have no worries about Leon Dreisaitl. All players will have a little bit of a slump here or there, even the great ones. And usually it all works works out. And if he's gone two games in a row without points, which he has, then you can, if I was Montreal or Ottawa, I'd be a little worried that that's his breakout game is going to be a three or four point night against one of them. Yeah, I mean, he missed a couple games earlier in the season. And then there's been speculation that maybe he's a little banged up i mean who knows if the the high ankle sprain is still bothering him a little bit though we're pretty sure it was something else when he was out earlier in the season but yeah he, he wasn't as good today today was not not a good game for the andre settle 2-1 philadelphia flyers win in a shootout both these teams uh well neither team very good in games tied after 60 minutes the orders are now two and five that's overtimes and shootouts combined. And the Flyers now 2-9. and nine. They were 1-9 and nine in tied after 60-minute games before this. I do like what they did in overtime, though. They went with one forward and two defensemen. I, I do believe that's the, the way that you can have a chance against the Oilers in overtime. You cannot afford to put out two forwards against Connor and Leon. No, no forward is capable of playing against them defensively. Uh, and they went... Not only did they go two defensemen against Connor and Leon, they went two defensemen the entire overtime. Uh, to me, they're playing to get into a shootout, and and it worked. So uh, the Oilers' record is a little surprising. I would think in a skills contest, the Oilers, since they have the most skilled team, would do fairly well. Uh, obviously, you play the game. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. All right, the uh, Flyers going with the 2D. That'll be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Rob Brown was very excited <laughs> to see them do that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Evan standing by. Hey, Evan, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, so this is kind of throwing this out there. I was just kind of saw that no goal, and I thought to myself, and, and Rob would know this too, is wasn't that rule of the whole foot in the crease thing, that kind of eliminated a lot of these kind of goalie interference calls that didn't really make a lot of sense. Is that something that uh, – I get they took that away because they were kind of stealing a whole lot of good goals. But on this one, though, the, the, I don't think Fogel's foot was in the crease, though. Cause that, that was no, no, F Fogel was in the crease. No, not when the goal was scored. When the goal was scored. Oh, when the actual yeah. puck went in. Yeah. Right, but, he, but his foot was in the crease to turn hard. Yeah, so, yes. but the, the, the whole thing with the puck going in the net, it's – you could put your foot in the crease, but it had to come out before the puck went in the net. Right. That was yeah. so. This one here, if, by the old rule standards, that goal would have counted because his Hyman's, foot was, Hyman's would have been allowed to go into the yeah. crease to get the puck. Yeah. And yeah. Fogel was out of the crease. So to me, it was this was the it was the right call. It'd be a call that I would expect that the Oilers would be in their favor if this happened to either Skinner or Campbell. Um, but uh, I think there are ones this year that were. Uh, a little more confusing. This, to me, was pretty straightforward in the angles that I saw. And I was just surprised it took as long as it did. It's just unfortunate that it keeps happening to Zach Hyman, the nicest guy in the entire league, has all the <laughs> goals taken away from him. He'd be having, I mean, he's already having a career year. If all these goals would have counted, yeah, it would be rip up the contract and give him a new one the way he's playing. 
Okay, that was Evan, 780-496-0063. Oilers lose in a shootout, 2-1 to the Flyers. So the Flyers are 22-22-9. Oilers now 29-18-5. We will also uh, get Big Bad Joe in before we go to the news. BBJ, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing? Quite well. But when calls go your way, calls goes against you. But I mean, the whole team was like, uh, they just didn't have it tonight. And, you know, you, you go through it. But the good thing is, you know, Yamamoto will be back. And, you know, that's all, you know, what they can do. And going back to that BS word, I Googled it, but I can't say that word on the radio. And I get in trouble, scared. Wait, sorry, which word? BS? Yeah, oh yeah, no, we don't say the full word on the radio unless no, it's, it's, no, that's maybe no. it's really, really late oh, at night. He had to go. Okay, I get it. You know, uh, they want, they want, they want, they will be okay though. Yeah, it, it was. Don't they worry. had an off night. It, it was not a good. They played very well as of late. Tonight was not one of those games. Uh, it is interesting. It's funny. And with 30 games left, you're always looking for things that'll keep your interest. Uh, in the dog days. Uh, Yamamoto coming back will be interesting for Oilers fans and to see how the Oilers make that work financially uh who's who is going to be sent to the miners what they're going to do contract wise to allow yamamoto's three million dollars to get back into the lineup and as bob said i talked to him at the end of the game i said oh yamos be back this weekend he said from what he believes he won't be back until they get back into edmonton so that whatever decisions they make the players affected will be here in Edmonton when that, that decision... Well, I, I think I think Pugliarvi and Shore might be going down. Well, he's got... Yeah, I don't know how, when it comes to contract-wise, how it works, how much money you have to move out, because some money... When you send $3 million to the miners, not all $3 million is off the books, because you can't hide that much. Part of it still stays on the books, doesn't it? Oh, not? yeah, about yeah. a million stays on the yeah. books, but still to... Yeah. So I'm not sure they, but they have to make room. That's why they, every team now has a guy who just worries about contracts and salary caps. Yeah, that, well, I think that's why Shore would also have to be yes. involved. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, yeah, you can still chime in, 780-496-0063. We'll have a little more post-game from the Oilers dressing room as well. Uh, Tony, you're up next on the open line. Hang on until after the news. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Left side to Hyman, off his stick, goes into the flyer zone. Dry side will get to it. In front of the net, he got it on goal. Fogel scores! Fogel went to the net. Loose puck and able to jam it by Zach Hyman was in there too. Hyman got his stick on it and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. After Philadelphia's coaches challenge, there was goaltender interference. No goal. There's the disallowed goal, goalie interference. It's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Flyers win 2-1 in a shootout. Carter Hart, excellent, 34 saves. Stuart Skinner, excellent, 35 saves in the shootout. Konechny stopped. McDavid didn't get a shot away. Hart did an excellent job outweighting him. Frost scores. Nugent Hopkins scores. Van Riemsdyk scores. And then Dreisaitl, he was trying to go 5-hole, was he not? He was trying Yes, he was. That's he is uh, his bread and butter, and tonight Hart might have read it and made a great save. There are some great shots. I mean, McDavid's the only guy who doesn't get a shot <laughs> shoot out of all of all people. I mean, some great, great shots. The three guys who scored. 
Oh, yeah, wonderful shots. Uh, it, well, the way that both goaltenders were playing tonight, you were going to need a great shot to beat them. And it's funny, Skinner has this outstanding game, and in his interview, yeah, he can't give up two shots in a shooter and expect to win. That's just the type of player he is, never satisfied, and uh, players respect that. All right, Flyers win 2-1 in a shootout. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. Tony has called in tonight. Tony, go ahead. Hi guys. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, it just seems like no matter which team we play, we just can't seem to stop the cycle in our own end. And and when we do uh, get the puck, all we ever seem to do is just rim the puck around, and it seems to go right through all of our defense. But now they just seem to rim that puck around, and, of course, the defense pitches down and, and turns us back in. I'm just wondering how, how they would solve that. You know, when I used to coach a peewee team, I used to tell the defense, take two extra steps and make a direct pass rather than ring well, it around I, all the time. I can tell you uh, with 100% certainty that the players that the Oilers defensemen are playing against are quicker than the peewee guys that you were coaching. Yeah, against. I know. I know that. So <laughs> it, the teams, teams play a forecheck to force a certain situation. If they put the puck in the right spot, they'll force the defenseman, they'll take away the D to D pass, and they'll force the defenseman to rim it. And then because they know that that's what's being forced, their defenseman will pinch up. So uh, sometimes it's you're at the mercy of what the other team has done. And the Philadelphia Flyers tonight were the better team. Uh, they were the ones that got the puck in the right spots. They were winning the races and the battles. And sometimes the Oilers defenseman's only option were to rim the puck around. And the Oilers, a lot of the times, or at times tonight, their forwards lost those battles as well. Yeah, but, but I think that's... I think that was more of a problem earlier in the season, for oh. sure. The, the Oilers are better at it lately, but... To, but I, but again, I, I, that's what I said off the top of the show. The Oilers were not good to me along nope. the boards in both ends of the ring because they didn't really have a lot of extended forechecking either. Well, it, when they did, you noticed it because it was few and far between. Yeah. There was probably three shifts tonight where you thought the Oilers, oh, they got their forecheck going on this shift. And then you're like, huh, we haven't noticed that a whole lot tonight. But uh, the Oilers weren't, this was not a good game for the Edmonton Oilers. They have played a lot of very good games of late. Tonight was not one of them. Yeah, they never really got the the motor fully going, except for Skinner. Skinner <laughs> and, was in and, there all night. And uh, I do think, yeah, he, uh, Jay Woodcroft said Evander Kane. I thought Evander Kane had a good game tonight. He had a number of good scoring chances, led them, I believe, in shots, uh, played with a little bit of snarl. So he was one of the played few. Played a ton, 25-15. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they saw what he was bringing. They tried to get him out on the ice as much as they could. Okay, we will go back to Philadelphia before we take more calls. Here's defenseman Brett Kulak. Nothing, not too much clean was happening. It was just a matter of winning little battles and, and making the next play, keeping the puck advancing. And, yeah. Is there still any takeaways that you can take from this one? Like you said, winning those little battles, do you, you think this yeah. is a game where you can... I think uh, it's good, you know, when you find yourself in a game that's a, a different style than uh, that, that happens most often at this time of year. It's good and you, there's things you can learn from and uh, at the end of the day, it helps you adjust your game and, and round out your game as a team. Stuart really kept you guys in it in, uh, in the crease there. What did you make of your, your goaltenders play tonight? Yeah, I mean, he's the reason we got a point tonight. So, uh, you know, good goalies do 
do that. And, and if the team's not there, he showed up for us and uh, he made a number of really big saves that saved guaranteed goals. So, uh, yeah, hats off to him and uh, he got us the point tonight. I know it's just a single point, but you, you guys have points in 10 straight games. Is that something that you, you guys can keep building on as we go here? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's, you know, you want to keep looking forward. It's always about the next game and, and preparing for that. So uh, it, it's good and we feel something building here. And, you know, tonight was a different style. Probably wasn't wasn't our best play. We know that. And we're going to get back to work and practice tomorrow. All right, Brett Kulak to the point <laughs> as uh, the Oilers lose in a shootout 2-1 of the Philadelphia Flyers. 780-496-0063. Lee is on the line tonight. Hi, Lee. Thanks for calling. Go hey, ahead. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Anyways, I, uh, I got one show you question first. Is that when you were in Philly, did you guys go see the Rocky statue? And Rollo, I was going to ask you, a lot of people fly differently. And like, some people get serious jet lag. I'm sure it happens in the show, too. Um, well, I can tell you from the difference between the, my beginning of my career and the end of the career, I had a lot of jet lag early in my <laughs> career because we flew commercial and we had middle seats and there's a lot of connections. When you flew at the end of my career and how these players fly now, I've been on the Oilers plane a couple times. The jet lag is a lot less because the, you're flying pretty well first class and there's no stopovers anywhere. So uh, I don't think they're really affected. The teams out west are affected more because they do have to go a lot more through different time changes. Out east, a lot of the times we would play a game on the road and be home in our own bed that same night. As for Philadelphia, yes, when I was in Philadelphia, I saw the Rocky statue, got my picture taken with it. It was pretty cool. As did I. You, you've been there way more than me. I've been there twice, but I, I did go see the Rocky statue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of Rocky. When I was there, the, the first, so I went there for the draft, so you, you still see stuff, but mm -hmm. there is work you got to do and be on air. Uh, when I was there the first time, uh, it was 2009, Onright and I spent a few days there, and, and he said, we, we got to go to this restaurant. Do you remember that show Iron Chef? Yep. So one of the Iron Chefs had a restaurant in Philadelphia. I think it was Morimoto's or something like that. And we went, and it was very good. It was not cheap, <laughs> no. uh, but it was, but I had a bowl of, like, chicken noodle soup that was, like, outrageous for a bowl of soup. And I was like, well, okay. And I was like, well, this is actually the best chicken noodle soup. And then I had steak and seafood or something but but jay got that uh i don't know what it's called but it's basically you order you want the the sushi and you have no idea what you're getting they just bring you okay here's a couple pieces of sushi a couple minutes later okay here's a couple more minutes and you, they just say what it is when you bring it you just order i'm trusting the chef this is how much he's going to give me and away he went it's funny when uh players there's always about two or three restaurants in every city that all the players go to the same ones where it gets around the league. So we weren't, we didn't really get outside our comfort zone a lot. We'd always went to the city, like, we're going to Philly, okay, Philly, we're going here tonight. If we're okay. going to New Jersey, we're going here tonight. And it was always more or less the same. They're always good, but it was, uh, it was always the same ones. When, and when we went to Buffalo, we always went for Buffalo wings at the best Buffalo wing place. Oh, where they invented chicken wings or whatever? They invented or, or chickens or in They Buffalo. invented chickens. Yes. That was the first place a chicken was born. <laughs> they combined a turkey and a pigeon. That's how they came up with chickens. Seriously? Is yeah, that true? tell that to your science teacher tomorrow. I am going to tell her. My, well, my wife, she teaches at the U of A. She probably doesn't even know that. Oh, so probably gonna, not. I'm going tell her I'm smarter than her. She's going to deny it. We're going to get an IQ test done. And I'm going to lose again. 
Uh, Oilers take a single point tonight. Flyers get the win, 2-1 in a shootout. So Edmonton 8-0-2 in their last 10 games now, 29-18-5 on the season. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Japanese Village Goal Light. It was on a couple days ago. It is not on today. It will be on in one of the two games on the weekend. Yeah, these are going to be interesting games. I uh, mean, there's look, anybody can beat anybody, as we know. I, I To me, Ottawa is more dangerous than Montreal if I the Oilers play anywhere near their level. I agree. I think the Ottawa Senators are starting to play better. The Canadians are pretty beat up right now. Uh, Cole Caulfield, their, their young superstar goal scorer, he's out for the remainder of the season with shoulder surgery. Uh, so I think the Ottawa game will be the tougher of the two. But then the, the one in Montreal, I believe that's Sunday, correct? Yeah, Super that'll, Bowl Sunday. So that'll be the third game in four nights all on the road. So there'll be a little bit of fatigue factor too. Uh, the others, I mean, they picked up a point on a couple teams. They lost a point tonight to Vegas. So it's uh, every game, every time they have a chance to put some points in the bank, it pushes their chances of winning the division or the conference that much closer. Every time they fail to get a point, like they failed tonight to get the extra one, uh, it allows teams behind them that opportunity to, to keep them within their sights. Vegas on the verge of winning here. 5-1 lead in Minnesota with a minute left. We go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Canucks... Went a bit of a wild one, 6-5 over the New York Islanders. Well, the New York Islanders got out of their comfort zone. They don't score goals, and they certainly don't ever give up six, but the two players traded for each other, Bo Horvat and Anthony Bovillier. They both traded goals for their new teams. I believe Bovillier's was the game winner for the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks uh, playing with a little more uh, emotion, a little more discipline, a little more oomph in their game under new coach Rick Tockett. Red Wings beat the Flames 2-1. Calgary had a power play with about four minutes left. Couldn't cash in. Devils knock off Seattle 3-1. So that does the Oilers a bit of a favor. Panthers beat the Sharks 4-1. Eric Stahl, two goals. He's up to 10. Sam Reinhart, two goals. He's up to 19. And the Lightning take down the Avalanche. 5 nothing. Colorado Avalanche playing without their superstar, Kale McCarr, who took a nasty shoulder to the head against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they've already ruled him out for the remainder of this road trip, so they are playing without Kale McCarr for two games at least. That doesn't hurt Colorado, who's in a dogfight right now trying to stay in their playoff race. Well, here's the thing. Colorado, uh, 58 points. Minnesota's at 58. So they're tied for third in the Central. Calgary's at 58. So it's, it's, then Nashville is hanging around at 54. Then it drops off to the Blues. They've lost five in a row. They traded Tarasenko to they'll the be, Rangers. So they'll be trading a bunch of players in the next. But now it's, it's, it's getting more difficult. I mean, I know there are still a lot of games left. Yep. But now it's a, you know, it's a little more differ, difficult for Calgary to look at the division race. They're more focused on the wild card race. Whereas Colorado's like, okay, let's get into that top three in the division and not worry about the wild card. Uh, well, yes and no. I just think that I, I, Vegas had not been playing well for a while. They're missing their best player, Stone. Uh, the LA Kings can't make a save. Uh, so Calgary's still looking at those two teams as teams that they can catch. Uh, Minnesota, that's a big loss for the Minnesota Wild. 
beat, losing that badly to a beat-up Vegas team. Uh, Minnesota, they had high, as, high aspirations. It'll be interesting, too, whoever wins the Pacific Division, again, could be playing a stronger team coming from the other conference as opposed to That's be a playing good point. You a could, week. If Col you could play Colorado, Colorado in the, in the first, first round. round. Yeah. And Colorado at that point just happens to get healthy. Yeah. Landis Skog, they, who's been out the whole year, he's supposed to be back come playoff time. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those be careful what you wish for type of things. All right, we won the division. Oh, here's the Stanley Cup champions coming into our barn for game one. Hey, don't forget about the Oilers mega 50-50 jackpot. You know where to go. Go to the Oilers website, hit that 50-50 link. It's in support of the Ben Stelter Fund administered by Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. Multi-day jackpot. It's going to go until the 17th. That's next Friday. The jackpot is already $859,000. It's got another week to grow. This could be the biggest one ever. What is the record? Do we know what the biggest it's, one ever is? I, I don't even know what it is. It's usually, it's often been around a million, though. This one's going to be. Because I remember the last one I was talking about maybe getting to a million. I'm throwing this out there, Reed. I'm going to say this is going to be over $3 million. So get your uh, tickets. I think 1.6. Oh, it's, we're going to way eclipse that. I'm saying three million. Yeah, I just quickly googled it. Uh, I believe it's 1.6. Oh, wait a minute. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot. No, it says we had a 14 million dollar one. That's a lot. That's more than 1.6. Yeah, that is. Anyway, it'll be a lot. <laughs> um, Time for more of your calls. We'll get to a couple when we get back. 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Flyers. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Skating it out, Yan Mark, left wing to McDavid, into the Flyers zone, drops it to Evander Kane. He'll shoot, score! Evander Kane lets it go off the left side. Kane has scored in three straight games. He's up to eight on the season. That tied at 1-1, a minute 56 into the second period. Only goal that counted for the Oilers tonight. Flyers win 2-1 in a shootout. 780-496-0063. Rocket, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. I was listening to... Uh... Another radio show, Low Tide, which you probably know, and uh, of course, he was talking about uh, former Oiler offensive defensemen and how Oiler fans tend to uh, uh, not like those guys. Not only not like those guys, but Oilers GMs didn't really value them that much, and contracts were an issue which is why we kind of lost like justin schultz got booed out of town and they were talking about how bouchard could be the next guy after pulley leaves which you know i'm pretty sure he's going on waivers tomorrow uh what do you think about that and what do you think about what we need come trade deadline well, well, I don't know if offensive defensemen have been undervalued. I mean, they there's a, they made a pretty big deal of it when they got Schultz. They just they put Schultz in a position where he wasn't at the point in his career where he could handle what they were asking him to do. 
And then he was booed out of town. That part is true. Um, I think they had to get rid of Schultz at that point. I think he lost all confidence as a player. As far as Bouchard, um, I, Bouchard, uh, he's, he needs to be better defensively. He needs to make better decisions when he doesn't have the puck on his stick. Uh, there's he needs there's improvement that is needed in that part of his game. I don't, I mean I haven't heard anything where Bouchard's on his way out after Yessi Pulleyarvi. That hasn't. I mean there's always everyone's got throws everybody's names are on it at a certain time at the trade deadline. But I have not heard Bouchard being bandied about. I've heard Broberg's name more often, which I hope doesn't happen because I really like what Broberg bigs, brings to the team. As for what this team needs, I. Yeah. I, I, they need depth players. I would not. I do not believe in rentals. I've said that since I started doing this show. I think too many teams go all in on a rental to lose in the first round or to lose in the second round, and all of a sudden they've lost, you know, two or three picks, first round picks, whatever. I think if you want to make a hockey trade, great. I love hockey trades, and there's some really good hockey players out there that would make the Oilers better. But to give up prospects or give up a Holloway or a Broberg to have somebody that's only going to be here for the remainder of the season, I don't think that's the right way to do hockey. And as far as what the Oilers need, they need depth players. They need more and more. You can never have enough defensemen come playoff time. And I think that's what the Oilers are going to be looking for, depth defensemen, whether it's guys for their third pairing, seventh defenseman, or the possibility, I don't know, if of a top four guy. but. Uh, the Oilers are cash-strapped when it comes to the salary cap. There's only so much they can do. Yeah. I think they'll do something. Uh, again, I know people like huge trades. I don't know if the Oilers are going to be involved in that. We had calls about uh, Chikrin and Carlson after the other game. Um, I, I mean, look, here's the thing. Um, what's the, I, I realize that there have been points in the history of the team where be, because of a player was getting criticized so much or booed that the GM almost was like, "Well, I gotta, it's mercy to get yep. out of town." But there's also the old saying, "If you know, if if a GM starts thinking like a fan, he's going to be sitting with them." So I don't think Ken Holland's going to make any decisions based on that. If if he can actually upgrade the team and make it work financially, anybody can be traded. Yep, I agree. 100%. I mean, obviously on this team, there's some guys that aren't that aren't going anywhere, but. Um, I, I guess why Bouchard's name comes up is because his first 30 to 35 games weren't that great. Uh, and he's no longer sort of in the prospect phase like Broberg or, or Holloway where you're still kind of tantalized by what they might become. But I haven't heard his name solidly out there. But I mean, I, I'm rarely surprised by a trade. <laughs> Maybe no. I'm getting old and jaded. But I, I agree um, that I'm getting old, and jaded, or the trades don't surprise you. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just don't think there's going to be anything really. I don't know if the word's exciting, made by Ken Holland at the trade deadline. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they like a lot about their team. Uh, I, I maybe an upgrade in their top nine. And some depth on their back end, I think, would be the things that Ken Holden's looking for. All right. Oilers lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Philadelphia Flyers. So Edmonton now 8-0-2 in the last 10, 29-18-5 on the season. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. And then our next game broadcast is Saturday morning. The face-off show is at 9 a.m. The game Oilers at Ottawa is at 10.30, presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Get more on the Oilers on 6.30, Chad.
heartlandford.com, globalnews.ca. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.